If you're a health entrepreneur, coach, or practitioner that wants to turn your expertise into a high six or seven figure virtual business with less stress, so you can impact more people at a deeper level while making more money and enjoying a greater quality of life in the process, then the Healthpreneur Podcast is for you. I'm your host, Uriel Kame. I'm a former pro athlete, leading health expert, New York Times bestselling author, and the founder of Healthpreneur, where I help experts just like you create and fill high-end virtual coaching programs that create dream come true results for your clients. Now, for a free and in-depth training on how to do just that without manual prospecting, one-on-one coaching, or having to spend years building your online following, head on over to healthpreneurgroup.com forward slash training and jump on to our seven-figure health business blueprint training today. And now, let's get to today's episode. What does the Wizard of Oz have to do with your business? Well... Our guest today, David White, is going to share exactly what it has to do with helping you grow your business, and more importantly, how to market in a friendly manner so that you don't come across like a slimy, salesy douchebag, because no one likes feeling like that, right? No one likes putting out marketing or general material that makes them feel that way or makes their business look all, you know, salesy, especially us health and fitness and wellness entrepreneurs. We come from a heart-centered place. We want to serve people. We want to give, give, give. And sometimes we have a tough time selling. And not that there's anything wrong with selling, but you know, it's ideally if it's ideally it's it's best if it's done in a friendlier manner. So David's gonna walk us through what friendly marketing is, and he's gonna share an amazing analogy of the Wizard of Oz that is gonna make your understanding of marketing so much more effective and simple. It's really, really good. So he's going to share that in this interview. And I, and I have to say, I was on David's podcast uh, about a week before we recorded this. And he's one of the most, like, he's a legit dude. He's got an amazing podcast called The Business of Health Show. Check it out on iTunes. He's one of the few that actually does the research of his guests ahead of time. So his questions are really, really in-depth. And he does a really good job on his podcast. So I'm excited to return the favor and have him here on this show and what's nice is that you know he's not just teaching other health entrepreneurs and fitness owners or fitness business owners how to build their business online he actually had a successful business to begin with so he's one of those guys that had success in his health and fitness business online and now he's sharing what he knows and his wisdom with others to be able to do the same so without any further ado let's welcome david white onto the show and let's have some fun. David, what's up, my friend? Welcome to the Health Burner Podcast. Hey, man. Thanks so much for having me on. It's uh, great to have you here. I think you're the second Aussie we've had on the show. So, Who was the first? I got to ask that one. Aiden Darcy. Ah, I haven't heard of him. Another was he amazing? Another Sydneyite. Yes, he's a pretty good dude for sure. Doing some pretty cool stuff in the online fitness space. And it's amazing how many people in online fitness are in Australia. It just seems like I, I see them all over the place. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't uh, I didn't know that, but that's that's good to know. Yeah. All right. So let's jump into this. Let's talk about, um, we're going to talk about friendly marketing today because it's something we both uh, share in common. It's something you're very passionate about. But I want to, before we jump into that, just give our listeners a sense of how you got here because um, I think your journey is pretty cool. You've had some really cool epiphanies along the way, but Give us the Coles notes of how you went from trainer to now being somebody who helps other trainers build their online presences. Well, my journey is kind of like a three-parter. Like I spent a huge, like an unfair amount of my time as pretty much from when I was born until when I was about 18 being really, really sick. Like my school attendance record was like 70%. I never had any real health conditions, but I used to get these stupid migraines, man. And they would, they just, oh, so painful. I don't know if you've ever had a headache so bad that you would lose your vision for like 30 hours, but that was my reality um, as a child. And it led to some really unhealthy habits, funnily enough, because uh, I was like, you know, I had all these food sensitivities and all this kind of weird stuff. Wasn't allowed to eat chocolate until I was like 16 because I was intolerant to it. Hmm. And you can imagine telling a 16-year-old like, 
hey, you can start eating chocolate now and it's totally fine. In fact, we encourage it because you've missed out for 16 years. Like, (laughs) (laughs) didn't really do any good stuff for my eating habits. So, man, like when I realized I could start eating, like drinking Coke, eating chocolate and it was, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't wreck me for 30 hours. I got into it. Mm-hmm. Like I was into that stuff. And uh, then I left school and I noticed these people walking around, these females. And I was like, man, I'm really interested in, uh, in the opposite sex. And predictably, my bad eating habits hadn't really helped me out there. So uh, once I'd gotten over these these migraines, I started going to the gym because that's what everyone who was um, who was able to function as like a normal human, which I now was able to do, mm-hmm. was doing. And uh, I was studying business at university and I thought, man, this is kind of boring. What about if I just worked in the gym all the time? So I did. Got a job, started as a trainer and, uh, you know, putted along for a while, doing reasonably well. And at one point I started, I got, I got disturbed, which is something we'll talk about later on in this show. But I looked around and I was seeing all these other people who I was learning from online who were kind of just like me, but they were doing really different stuff. And, you know, as wellness experts, we're all really committed to to our craft and we all really care about what we do. And I was just like everyone who listens to this show. And um, I thought, man, it must be so amazing to be able to, to like go to work or, you know, be at home and do work and reach like 10,000 people, like 50,000 people, 100,000 people with what you say and be paid what you really deserve for sharing that information rather than, uh, you know, seeing eight people in a day. Mm -hmm. That must be amazing. And uh, because I was a bit of a, you know, I'd spent a lot of time doing personal development and stuff. I was a bit of a go-getter. So I just leapt in. Like I had no idea. I um, emailed this one guy who I knew who was doing really well basically spammed him, like emailed him about 15 times, like, man, can you teach me how you're doing this? Hey, I don't know if you saw my last email. Will you teach me how to do this? And I sent him, I was like, I'll send this guy one more email. And he responded to it and he started coaching me on this sort of stuff. And um, yeah, I started started teaching online about how to get healthy. That's awesome. So cool. I love like the lessons of persistence there because so many people would give up after one email. Oh my God, they didn't get back to me. They hate me. Um, but we've had a few people on the show where there's, you know, a common theme of just keep persisting. Cause a lot of times successful people, it's almost like a test, right? It's almost like they're testing you to see if you have what it takes to keep going. So that's, uh, that's pretty awesome. Speaking of successful people, I know you're a fan of Zig Ziglar and his whole philosophy of, you know, helping others get what they want before you can get what you want. Um, who are some of the initial, as you were like really starting to develop your chops business-wise, who are some of the big influences in your life? So, I read Tim Ferriss's book, The 4-Hour Workweek, which is full of some, full of a lot of stuff that I don't agree with, but it kind of changed my mindset, mm-hmm. that book and that, that all the ideas that were in there. Yeah, I think and I read, the, I read this other amazing book. I can't recommend this book highly enough, but it was by a guy called MJ DeMarco called The Millionaire Fastlane. And for me, oh, when I read that book, book, I was like, such I don't know why book. more people haven't read it. It's un- unbelievable. And when I got my hands on this thing and I read it, I was like, I got to leap straight in. So I had heard around the traps of this guy called Frank Kern. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, dude didn't have a website. He still really doesn't have a website now. He just, he just puts together marketing campaigns that, um, that would help people. And then he'd offer some, you know, expensive products or any of that kind of stuff at the end. And, um, I bought one that was like way too advanced for me, but I was like, man, I'm going to figure this kind of stuff out. I've spent you know, years as a wellness expert, really not knowing what I'm doing. Because when you're an 18-year-old kid and you get a, you know, a qualification that says you can tell people what to do in the gym and people come up to you and they're like, hey, you know, my back hurts a lot when I try and lift this thing. What am I supposed to do? And you're like, man, I, <laughs> I'm really sorry to hear that. I have to say I got no idea. Like it freaks you out and you you have to figure stuff out. So, they, I mean, there were I just any like literally anyone who I could find anyone who I could find. I would learn from them. I would model them. I would, I would watch people who were doing really well in our space and I would not copy, but I would, I would try and reverse engineer what it was that they were doing and try and figure out why does this kind of stuff work? And I think that the best education you'll ever get is from doing stuff. The next best education you'll ever get is from like trying to deconstruct how people do stuff really well. And then 
there's, you know, the books and the courses and that sort of stuff too. Well, it's, it's so funny because everyone, um, you know, in, in the typical like product launch world, right? You have people opting in, thousands upon thousands of people, and then they buy the thing. But I don't think a lot of them realize that they're in the thing that they're buying. So if they have just observed the process by which they're being sold to, that is such a great education. And I agree with you that Frank Kern, it's actually funny, I've got a, a throwback Thursday shout out to Frank Currency on, on my Instagram page because he was one of my, I, even to this day, I think one of the few people that I really respect in the marketing space because he's just he's just on a different planet and uh, in a good way. Um, so guys, if you're listening to this, Frank Kern, great example of, of how to do marketing in a friendly manner. And let, let's talk about that. Let's, let's segue into what is friendly marketing? What was the the moments when you're like, yeah, this is a thing versus unfriendly marketing and how did this all come together for you? So this the this topic is like a four-parter, if you will. So I want to talk about like what it looks like when it's done really well and what it looks like when it's, you know, when marketing's done really badly. I want to build clarity around like what marketing is. Then I'm going to tell a story. And lastly, I want to give the listeners a really direct shot of confidence because I think a lot of things that we all struggle with is you know, I'm so well trained in health. I don't think any other industry pays as much attention to professional development like the health industry. So it's hard when you try and market something that you know really works, but you don't know how to talk about it or how to present it or do it justice. Mm-hmm. So marketing when it's done, I mean, we all see ads on Facebook. We're all exposed to advertising campaigns that just suck. Like I hate it when people show up on my Facebook feed and they're like, I'm awesome. You should buy my thing. And I think intuitively we all know that you can't just put out a marketing message that says I exist. You should buy from me. You should give me money. Or I look like this. You should give me money. Or my customers, my customer, you know, here's what my customers, my clients have to say about me you should give me money. I think like that sucks, man. That really is, is awful stuff. That's really unfriendly marketing because it make, it just turns us off. I mean, that's why no one goes on Facebook anymore is because yeah, of all that unfriendly marketing. Yeah. It's hate. It's hateful. Yeah. But it's hard because when you, when you're starting out a business and you don't know what else to do other than say, you know, I've made this thing. Do you want to buy it? Like it's, it's hard. So what does it look like when, when marketing's done really well and when it's friendly? There are a few people who I know who have done friendly marketing really well to me. So first one that comes to mind is Marie Folio. I'm not like in Marie's customer base. I like I like her YouTube channel, but she's done this to me. Zig Ziglar has done this to me. Frank Kern has done this to me. And Brendan Bouchard has done friendly marketing to me. Mm-hmm. So let's say I get one day, like if Zig Ziglar was still alive, I get a phone call one day from Zig and he says to me, um, hey, white you idiot. I noticed that you're not, you don't look like a really successful guy. And I've made this product called over the top and it's about how to get successful. You look like you really need some help with that. So you should go and buy it or else you're stupid. I'd be like, ah, okay. Where's the order form? Like the, the sales pitch literally would not matter. It would not matter what this guy said to me. I just have this relationship, this bond with him, and I believe in what he does so much that I'd go and buy even if he was really, (laughs) really abusive and uncool about it. And I think that's what we all want. Like who wants to have to work really, really hard for a sale? Who wants to learn how to give an amazing speech on a video or write a killer, like spend the, the week that it takes to write a really good sales letter or something like that? Who wants that kind of stuff? We just want people around us who we say, look, I've got this thing if you want this kind of result, I think it'll really help you. And people are like, oh, let's go and do it. Like, mm-hmm. all right, send me send me to the order form. I want that. That's, in my opinion, that's what friendly marketing is. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really about building that, what I call a KLT, that know, like, and trust with people so that they just, they're like, yeah, like, this makes sense. I actually spoke to a lady yesterday. We do these, um, well, I, once a year, I do a day or two of 10-minute speed consults for free. And I spoke with a lady yesterday, who says like, you know, she's like, this is weird because I listen to in the bathtub, you know, she's like listening to the podcast and reads all my stuff. And it's like, it's so cool when you can realize that, wow, like some people just really consume your stuff. And by the time you talk with them, it's like they know you and there's just so much less resistance in those cases. Mm. So how do you, okay. So for people that are building their business, 
friendly marketing, whether it's, you know, in the form of content or however, you know, however else that might be, how does somebody balance that with the need to make money? Because you and I both know it does take time to build a following. It takes time to build that platform. And a lot of people struggle because they're like, okay, I'm, I'm putting out free content or I've got a podcast or I'm doing this thing and no one's buying or I'm not making any money. How do you balance the two so that people don't go off the deep end? Good question. I really like that question. So I meant uh, to do marketing properly, which marketing has to help people. You, you can't just say buy from me now. Marketing has to help people, but it also has to lead to a sale because the people who get the best results are your customers. Like no one will convince me of anything other than this. Happy dabblers who listen to your podcast every now and again, even people who religiously watch your YouTube videos will never get the, the best results or the kind of results that your customers will. So we need to get the sale, which means we need to understand that not everyone is ready to buy from us now. So marketing, to know what, actually, you know what, Yuri, I'd love to hear what your definition of marketing is, ignoring like the friendly part of it. So I've got two definitions. Number one is uh, marketing is a process of building relationships with people who don't know you to the point where they know, like, and trust you so that selling becomes almost unnecessary. Perfect. Like you, let's end the show here. You just nailed it. I'm going to, I'm going to talk a lot about like, it sounds like I just read that, but it's like, that's how much I like, I wrote that statement down years ago and I just kept repeating it to myself. And it's like, it's like verbatim now, no problem. And so that's my first definition. I think the second definition of marketing, which ties in with that is sharing more of what you believe more than what you know, because really marketing in my opinion is really attracting people who get you versus people who don't. And it's really just kind of a, um, a repelling slash attracting game. So sharing your beliefs, not just like the 101 ways to use coconut oil. I know you get this kind of stuff and I'm actually going to use you as an example shortly, but to do mark, I, I, I love that first definition that you gave and to do marketing properly, you need to know what a market is. Mm-hmm. So whether you are helping people who have digestive problems or who've had their thyroid cut out or who worry about what their skin looks like or who have imbalanced hormones or need to lose weight or whatever there your market is anyone who could or should buy from you so that could be for for some listeners to this show like an enormous amount of people and if we look at your market and this is something i learned from chet holmes who was an amazing guy man i wish he was still around yeah he would say that only about three percent of people in your market are actually buying right now they're in the buying process and this can change i mean like when People who turn 40 are much more likely to buy certain things around New Year's. People are buying, but you know, generally speaking, about 3% of your market is buying right now. So imagine this is like a pyramid. And I know that's the worst word to use when you're talking about marketing, but whatever. (laughs) I've got a great opportunity for you. (laughs) I will (laughs) wait until you hear my plug at the end of this episode. That's We'll talk about pyramids then. But at the tip of this pyramid, we got 3% of people who are buying right now. And at the bottom of your pyramid, about 30% of the people who could or should get their hands on your product just aren't going to, they're just never going to buy. And that's fine. Maybe they they won't buy from you because you're a male and they don't want to learn about digestion from a male. They want to learn about it from a female. Maybe you're a female and they want to like any number of reasons. Maybe they, they just literally don't care enough. Maybe they, you know, whatever. Maybe they've got a sick... Um, spouse and it's more important for them to worry about that than going to the gym or anything like that. It doesn't matter. 30% are never going to buy from you. Above that on the pyramid, we have 30% of people who think they're not thinking about buying from you. Above them, we have 30% of people who just aren't really thinking about it at all. So the difference between those two levels is someone who might, you know, the 30% who think they're not thinking about it might be someone who says, well, I don't have time to go to the gym 10 hours a week to try and lose weight because I'm busy at work. Well, we know that's not true. There's stuff you can do to lose weight that doesn't take 10 hours a week, but they think they're not thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And then, and then the last level just below that 3% is 7% of people who are thinking about buying. They're not actually buying right now. They're thinking about it. So really crappy marketing treats everyone in this pyramid. Like they're ready to like, they're actually trying to buy stuff right now. Good marketing really good marketing understands that some people are thinking about buying. Some people 
aren't thinking about buying and some people think that they're not a good match to be buying right now and it tries to move people up that pyramid, that's really good marketing. Friendly marketing is understanding that, hey, for people who have weight problems or who have been told, you know, you've got this health condition or who really struggle with what they're trying to achieve, maybe they've been trying to do something about it for years, that's emotional for all of us. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. Mm-hmm. Having, a, having a health problem is an emotional thing. And with your marketing, you're like, yeah, you can bore people. You can make them feel inadequate. You can take their confidence away from them. You can make them feel like, you know, I'm the only person in the world who's got this problem. Everyone else has it figured out. Or you can make them feel like, hey, I got this. I understand what the problem is. I have confidence and competence. I know this is something that I can deal with. Friendly marketing is moving the people up the pyramid while understanding that that's a very emotional journey for someone to go along. Really, really emotional. Yeah, I love that. That's such a great visual for people to get because, guys, just rewind and listen to that again. Even write that pyramid down with those percentages because what you're saying, David, is that like there's always going to be people who are not ready to buy. So friendly marketing, if you're, if you're, if you understand that is being okay with the fact that, yeah, I'm just going to add value to these people's lives. And eventually when they're ready, I'll be top of mind and they'll most likely do business with me. If that's, you know, if that's, um, you know, good fit for them instead of Mm -hmm. being like, all right, they didn't buy right away. Screw them. Let's just spam them with a bunch of promotions and offers. So I I love that analogy. So good. So let's keep going. What's the next point? So you had four points. That's the second one. The third part of this is a really odd story because I, I wanted to, man, this is the third time I've given this presentation and I tried really hard when I was coming up with it to talk about it in a way that people would understand. And I know you're a stories guy, Yuri. I know you like stories. Your audience's experience emotionally with trying to get away from something that they don't like about their health to a reality that they really enjoy where they are vibrant and they're enjoying all the good things that wellness can give them. It's predictable and linear. Now you said a second ago, you know, people, we need to be there to to nurture the relationship when they're ready to buy. For some people, their journey is going to be 30 minutes. For some people, it's going to be like a year and a half and that's totally okay. But as a friendly marketer, you need to understand that there are four particular circumstances that everyone in your audience will find themselves in. And as a friendly marketer, you have four things that you need to do for people in each one of those situations to really help them out emotionally, help them out with the efforts that they're trying to make to change their health and to make those sales because without making sales, well, we'll talk about that in just a second, but the results don't come unless you can make the sale. So the story is one that everyone has heard before. And I picked this one because it ties up really well and because I know you'll remember it. And it's about this little girl called Dorothy who one day, just like everyone in your audience gets really disturbed. Her house gets caught up by a hurricane or a tornado. I don't know what it was. Who cares? Her house, tornado, gets, yeah. her house gets caught up by a tornado and she gets taken away to this foreign land where nothing's familiar. She's lost and confused. She has no idea what the heck's going on and she's landed in Munchkin land. And obviously I'm talking about Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz, but for anyone who's ever had a health problem, you remember this moment of being disturbed. So Yuri, I'm, I know your moment was when you came home from soccer training one day and like exhausted, un- like more exhausted than you should have been. And you had a shower and you came out and you were toweling off your hair and your eyebrows fell out, right? That was the moment that disturbed you, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah, it was definitely for sure. So for, for you, Yuri, and for me, when this happened to me, when I was, you know, overweight, interested in girls. And I remember, uh, <laughs> I remember the moment that I got disturbed and I was like, I got to do something about this weight problem I have. I asked this really attractive girl out and she she kind of laughed at me and she was like, really? Wow. And I was like, ah, oh, crap. All right. I got to lose. <laughs> I got to change this. The, the first situation that everyone in your audience find themselves in is they get disturbed and they look around and just like Dorothy, they don't recognize anything. So for Dorothy, everything's in color now and it used to be in sepia, like really weird. There are all these tiny little people called um, – the munchkins running around. She doesn't know what's going on. And she has this massive problem. She has this 
green witch interface this problem, whether it is a green witch or hypothyroid, like a, a diagnosis of hypothyroidism or this big belly or someone saying, you know, you need to do something about your, your cholesterol or else you're going to die. They have this massive problem and they like situation number one, how did I get here? So we all kind of know this stuff. Like I knew when I was overweight that I'm not supposed to drink a liter and a half of Coca-Cola every day. Like I kind of get that's not right, but I don't really understand what it was that led me to this place. So at this point, and this is really important, your audience is far more interested in information about them than they are about you. Mm -hmm. So when people first meet you, I don't really think you need to talk about yourself at all. They want to know about them. So Dorothy meets this kind of guardian angel who does friendly marketing to her and she, her role, the good witch of the North, she fulfills the role of a friendly marketer so well. What she does for Dorothy is she assigns the blame and she builds awareness around the problem. So she says, look, Dorothy, your house fell down from the sky and crushed that witch's sister. And now she wants to kill you for those shoes that are on your feet. So Dorothy's like, okay, I understand this problem. If someone had come along to me when I was overweight and been like, man, your metabolism is so slow. I'd be like, okay, I understand now what I need to correct about this so I can do something about it. Because we all know that, you know, like I should sleep more. I need to drink more water or whatever, but awareness and clarity around the problem is so huge. So for you, Yuri, what was like the awareness that you needed when your hair started falling out just to make you not freak out about things quite so much? Well, I was probably going to the doctor to, f- to figure out what the diagnosis was. And, and being then, told like, it's your immune system, right? Yeah, exactly. So when you hear something like that, this massive problem that's disturbed your entire life, it's, it's only about your immune system. It's okay. It's, I mean, it's not okay, but it's less of a, less of a challenge. You know what I mean? Yep. So that's what we need to do first and foremost for our audience. And once we've done that, the next question that people are going to have, the next question that Dorothy has in the story is like, all right, what can I possibly do about this? So the Good Witch of the North fulfills the role of a marketer, a friendly marketer once again by saying, listen, there is this promised land and it's called Oz. And if you go there, you can get your way home. You can get everything you want if you go to Oz. So depending on what you do as a wellness expert, your role is to explain like, this promised land. And that might be ketosis. It might be balancing your hormones. It might be speeding up your metabolism. It might be removing all um, environmental factors that excite your immune system in your instance, Yuri, whatever it is, you need to explain to people, look, here's what you do about this. You need to get yourself to Oz. You need to balance your hormones out. You need to calm down your immune system. You need to kill off all these bad bugs in your digestive system. You have to do this to your metabolism. Whatever it is that you think people need to do, you got to go out there and you have to tell them, right? That's good. I like like where this is going. And so we start off with awareness. We start off. So once people are aware with the problem, they start looking at, all right, I need to gather some information. They start becoming aware of possible solutions. And we keep going. What's next? So I think I would love to hear your thoughts on this because I, you may disagree with me, but one thing that I don't really think matters in marketing is talking about why people want to get home, right? Why they want to get back to Kansas. So we talk about this thing like a, a faster metabolism or ketosis, and that's like Oz. And, you know, having a faster metabolism, losing weight, In our example, making more money, that's just like a stepping stone to get what we really want. Like Dorothy doesn't want to get to Oz. People don't really care about ketosis. They don't really care about their metabolism. They just want the end result. So I'd encourage the audience to think about, you know, when you talk about the promised land, this thing that you give people, this change that you make with their health, that's going to deliver the result that they want. What is that? Because in the example of making money, no one, like really no one cares about making money. None of us care about making more sales. We care about freedom. We care about choice and we care about being able to live a life the way that we want. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you had, if you had no money, but you had total freedom, like that's, that's ultimately what we're looking for. But what we, what I haven't mentioned so far is why Dorothy wants to get home. 
I didn't say it's because she has a wedding to get to. I didn't say it's because it's summer in Kansas now and she wants to go and lie by the beach. I didn't say it's because her little dog Toto's enrolled in like a dog fighting competition that she has to meet. <laughs> I don't think it's up to us to second guess why our audience needs to be there. And this is like, this is why you'll never see someone being like, you should buy my, my course about how to make money online so you can buy a $20,000 watch. Like people don't I'm want a 20,000. Like, them intimately and that's their driving force. But I think like, I think what you're getting at, and I think why this is so important is that a lot of, especially health experts, we're very guilty of this because we're, as you mentioned earlier, we're, we're in a profession where certifications and all that stuff is so important. So we spend so much time sharing about all this shit that no one cares about. Like who cares how your physiology works? Just show me the damn path to fixing the mm. problem. But I think the only time really sharing the why is important is getting them connected to why this matters that they solve it now. So for instance, with Dorothy, she needs to be connected to the fact that, listen, if you don't solve this now, some really bad stuff is gonna happen. And reminding people that if they don't take action, here are the consequences. But if you do take action, here's this beautiful future that lies in front of you. The stakes are high. Yeah. It's not like, hey, you should buy an air conditioner so you're not gonna be that sweaty this summer. It's like, hey, this is your body. Yeah. And I agree that if you're gonna, you know, do marketing type stuff in any area of this, like traditional marketing stuff, people already know that their health is important to them. You can remind them of that. I agree. That's a really good point. So Dorothy knows the problem now. She knows what she needs to do about it, like what she needs to achieve. Now, what is Dorothy going to want to do? She's going to want to start walking down that yellow brick road and doing things by herself. She's going to say like, how can I get this to work for me? And as she goes along this path, she's given, she's gifted a bunch of really useful but incomplete tools. So she meets a scarecrow without a brain. She meets a lion without courage. And she, I should have, oh man, I should have studied this before I started. And then she meets a tin man without a heart. Yeah. And this, this is your content, your podcast, your Facebook lives, your blog, your YouTube. I say these are useful but incomplete tools because until you make a sale, Nothing you can do is going to like change this person's life. So your role as a marketer here <clears throat> is to pummel your audience with as many useful but incomplete tools as possible. And it's okay if these tools are eventually going to be part of the system that you'll offer to them. But here, Dorothy wants to do some stuff herself, or at the very least, she wants to visualize herself doing it and know, you know, what is a workout at the gym going to look like for me? Does it go for two and a half hours and I'm going to be wrecked for the rest of the day or is it 35 minutes and I can handle it? Mm -hmm. If you can show them in a video like, hey, this workout's 35 minutes, she may not go and do it, but she knows now that that's something she can manage. Yeah. So your role as a marketer is to provide useful but incomplete tools. I, and love, this that, may I love that analogy. I just want to jump in. I, want, I, I love that analogy like of the, the Tin Man, the, the, the Lion, the Scarecrow as pieces of content. It's, it's so good. And, and useful but incomplete, guys, you have to understand that you can never give away everything in your content because it's actually a disservice to people because they're not going to figure it out on their own. So anyways, keep going. This is good. Yeah. One thing at a time. Yeah. One thing. That's all Dorothy needs. She doesn't need to meet, you know, 50,000 different characters. She just needs some stuff to keep her moving or at the very least give her a little bit more clarity on how to get through this journey. So now we move on. Next, and this is kind of sad because you can't really do anything about this for your Dorothy's out there. She's going to start walking down that yellow brick road by herself and things are kind of, they're going to go wrong. So she is equipped with some useful but incomplete tools. She knows where she's going. She knows what she's fighting against, but she faces challenge and obstacle and hardship. So Dorothy in the movie she comes across this forest of trees that throw apples at her and she gets taken away with a little dog by the flying monkeys and she gets drugged by the wicked witch of the West in the poppy field, which is pretty messed up because she's like 14 years old. Seriously. Pretty uncool. Yeah. And then the greatest disservice of them all, she thinks that she's found her way home by meeting the wizard and it turns out that, you know what, you're not, you're still not even close at this point, Dorothy. 
And this is kind of sad. People try things, they fail. You know, you can do your best to prepare them and be like, hey, look, you know, if you if you walk down this road and you meet this challenge, you can tell them with your content, here's what you should do. But there's going to be a point where people realize, oh, I need help. I need help. Mm-hmm. I, need, I need an expert to help me sort this problem out. And not everyone's going to come to that that conclusion. Not everyone is going to become a customer of yours and that's fine. But we've been really respectful and considerate of people's emotional state as we do this kind of stuff. So we've helped them as much as we can. And maybe a few years from now, they'll get disturbed a bit more and maybe they'll come around then. I don't know, but we've, we've done literally as much as we can. You're never going to get 100% conversion. So at this point, your role as a friendly marketer is to tell Dorothy what the real solution is. Because again, she doesn't want to get to the promised land. She wants what the promised land eventually leads her to, which is Kansas. She wants to go home. She wants to go to a place where everything is comfortable and she's worry-free and she's happy. And your what you know as a wellness expert, what you know as a health expert, what you have in your brain, that is essentially like a G6. It's like a jet yep. sitting on the runway of Oz Airport, waiting to take Dorothy home. And here you need to say to Dorothy, look, I know you're in this troubling place. If you would like to go home to Kansas, I have a seat for you on my jet. And you can describe what that's like. You can describe your product and you've got more time and space and grace to do it here because you're not just trying to take money off some confused lost girl who's in an unfamiliar land. You've built that relationship with her. You've shown her, you've told her, what the problem is. You've told her where she needs to be. You've helped her get pretty close to it. Now she will listen. So you can describe the features and the benefits of your product. You can say, look, we've got these really nice comfy seats so you can recline in comfort. And those are three very important words in marketing. So you can. We've got these. Yes, feature and Bennett foot. We've got these stewards and stewardesses who will bring you around some delicious, nutritious food so you can enjoy your flight, have a nice meal. Or if you're in scum class, like we'll bring around some, like some calories and you won't starve to death. Some salty nuts. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, something. We've got these big comfy wheel, these big wheels underneath the plane. So you can land safely in Kansas. You can describe your features and your benefits here. And at this point you'd need to, because some Dorothy's might've been on the journey with you for like a year. And they're like, I'm, I'm like, I need help. Yeah, that's so good. It's um, guys, this is such a good story. It's actually it's pretty amazing that um, when you think about you know the movie, these movies and the hero's journey, how similar it is to the journey of marketing, which is, and, and as you go, like what you said at the beginning of this was, most people are so narcissistic and they focus on themselves with their marketing, but the the key is that it's not about us being the wizard and saying, hey, look at me, I'm so cool. It's about us understanding Dorothy and making all of our marketing about Dorothy. And then once we've got that that bond built with them, then they're like, oh, this person gets me. I'll eventually do business with them. But it, it's, you know, talking about like desire and, and getting to that point where Dorothy is so lost that she's had all this crap to happen to her. It's the same reason why if you're running a marathon, they're not giving out water and Gatorade at the start of the race. They're giving it out like miles into it. And at the end, when you're about to collapse on the ground, because that is where desire is the highest. So you have to understand this, guys. Like it's, it's tough to get people to buy who are not ready to buy. But if you understand this process that Dorothy or your customers, your prospects go through, it becomes a whole lot easier to meet them where they're at and then engage in that conversation with them. So this is, this is awesome. Keep going, man. You said we're not the wizard and you're exactly right. And I said at the start of this journey, you know, your your audience is not interested in information about you at all at the start. And I want to speak directly to the wellness experts who are listening to this because I know it's really hard to 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 feel like you're doing your baby. What you know, what you can do for people. I know it's really hard to do justice to how much of a change you can make to people. I know it's really hard to feel like you're explaining how much of a transformation you can make. And I know it's really hard to put yourself out there and be like, look, if you really want results, I can really help you. 
So we've done everything that we can at this point, but there is one last thing that renders almost everything else obsolete, but it still requires these, these you know, the, your Dorothy to go through these four circumstances and you to do these four things. But the last thing that I need to say is the one thing that is like 99% of this journey because... And on that note, we'll end it there. <laughs> Tune in next week. No, sorry, keep going. We're not the wizard, but the plane home that Dorothy wants to get a seat on so badly, that plane has something far more important than the comfy seat and the big wheels and the flight stewards and stewardesses. The plane has a pilot and the pilot is you. The pilot knows everything there is to know about the journey from Oz to Kansas. He knows how the plane handles. She knows where all the flying monkeys and the poppy fields and the apple throwing trees are. They've done this journey before a lot. And you have to tell the story of the pilot to make Dorothy feel safe. So for some people listening to this, you'll have what I would call a story of overcoming you may have found yourself lost in Kansas at one point yourself. You may have been disturbed and realized, I'm really overweight. My hormones don't work at all. My metabolism is shot. My skin is terrible. My digestion is messed up. You may have been through the journey yourself. And if you can explain that to Dorothy at this point, she will trust you because you've already helped her get so far. And she'll be like, of course. Of course, this person knows what they're talking about. They've helped me and they just, you know, they've just, they've just told me what it was like for them. Now, if you don't have a story of overcoming, you have a story of discovery, which is how you figured out the promised land, how you figured out the enemy that you need to identify for Dorothy, how you fought to uncover these useful but incomplete tools that she needs to know about because learning about the human body is the hardest thing you can do. It's harder than shooting a Tesla to Mars. It's harder than making a billion dollars. Fixing one of these things that we all walk around in is the most complex thing we can do. And there is so much conflicting misinformation, bad ideas, outdated science, and stuff that is frankly bad advice that we all had to wade through to figure out what the best path is for Dorothy. So when you can tell your audience, hey, look, people used to come to me in the gym and they'd be like, my back's hurting all the time. And I tried to figure it out. And I was told all these different conflicting ideas and it really pissed me off. This is the battle that I went through to figure out how to get back to Kansas, how I can get you back to Kansas. Dorothy is a captive audience and she'll want to know that story because wouldn't you want to know that the pilot of your plane has really, really worked hard to figure out how to fly that thing? Mm -hmm. So if all you really wanted to do was make more money, and I know this audience is not about that kind of stuff. I know we want to make money by serving. I know we're all about making a bigger difference. I know we all like getting those testimonials of people who say, you know, people who we've never met who say, you've helped me so much. I referred you to all my friends. I can't believe how good this program was. I know that's what matters most to us. But if all you really wanted to do was make more money, wait for the right time, talk about yourself because you will make more sales that way. Yeah, no, it's great. It's, I think it comes down to, uh, I think an important component that I didn't mention in the marketing uh, question you asked me was, was empathy. Is, is when we can understand someone else's pain or imagine ourselves in that person's position, we're more likely to take action. So if someone, like you said, Dorothy resonates with the pilot story of having gone through this journey several times, like, oh my God, you get where I've been, you get this journey. I trust that you you know what you're doing. And uh, talking about pilots, I was on a flight years ago and it was really turbulent. And the, uh, the flight attendant came on and she said, don't worry, this pilot is a former uh, snowbird. So one of the, like those acrobatic air pilots in Canada. 
And so it's like, oh, no problem. We're good, right? Because now that this trust has been built that this pilot's seen way worse and they've done this a thousand times. So now it's like, okay, we can relax a little bit more. So, dude, this has been really, really good, really insightful. So many good nuggets and takeaways. And guys, listen to this, listen to this story again because there's so many pieces to what David's just shared that if you pull this out and you start to build your marketing around this and your whole business, this is the way business is done anyways. If you're if you really examine things done properly, um, dude, so thanks for sharing this, man. This has been really good. So I'd love to give the audience some homework. Yeah, let's do it. Around this this kind of stuff. I would love to see people start getting out there and do some friendly marketing. So if you're still listening to this podcast and you agree with what I've said and you can kind of see how it would make sense, I'd love for you to go back and listen to this episode and just think about what I've told you to do. Because what did I say circumstance number one is that Dorothy finds herself in? She finds herself in this place where she's unfamiliar. She doesn't really know what's going on. And uh, she's got this big problem staring in her face. So for people who start an online business, we don't really know what's going on. We don't really understand what we're supposed to do. What did I do for you? The first thing I did in this presentation was I gave you clarity on the problem, which is that not everyone's ready to buy from you right now. Then I told you what the promised land is. I said, treat people's emotions with respect as you take them through your journey. Then I gave you a bunch of uh, useful but incomplete tools, which was like the story around uh, how to do friendly marketing. And, you know, it is useful. It is incomplete. Like, no one's going to make $10 million after listening to this podcast episode. We all know that, but this is you know, as helpful as I can possibly be. And that's why I deliberately designed this story this way. And uh, you know, the last thing that I could do now, and I'm not going to because uh, I don't have anything to sell, but if I wanted to sell something, I, I honestly can't think of a better time to do it than now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. David, with, um, with that said, what is the best place for people to stalk you online? And maybe be like, hey, man, like, uh, tell me more. So you can go to my podcast. It's on the iTunes. Um, it's called The Business of Health. I work really hard on uh, – I don't really work hard on Instagram or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. You won't find too much for me there. But I work really hard on having a really good podcast. So if you're a podcast listener, which you probably are if you're still listening to me, um, that's the best place to go and find me. My website is at thedavidwhite.com. Don't go to davidwhite.com. It's a website for power tools. So I chose the, <laughs> I, um, I, what did I buy it off? I bought it off GoDaddy. It said, davidwhite.com is taken. Would you like thedavidwhite.com? And that's I was like, better. yes, yes, I would like thedavidwhite.com. That's amazing. I yep. will take that. So, uh, I'm on the interwebs at thedavidwhite.com. I'd love for uh, people to go and check out my podcast and actually email me and let me know what you think. I'd be really, uh, really touched to hear any feedback or criticism, good or bad. Yeah, guys, his podcast is awesome. He had me on the podcast last week and I was telling you afterwards, I'm like, this, you're one of the few interviewers that does the amount of research that you do on the guests. So like, it's it's... It's pretty amazing. So if you want to listen to someone who really is a great interviewer and brings on some great people and gets deep into, you know, the story and the conversation in a way that's meaningful, check out the podcast. It's really good. Um, he's had some great guests on and can't recommend highly enough. So, yeah. If you want to hear some stories about what your journey is going to be like to building your health business over the next five to 10 years, listen to my podcast because uh, that's what I try and bring. Yeah. It's the story about what you're going to go through That's awesome. and the, like the tools and the tactics and the strategies and stuff, but story. Totally. Well, you have to, you got to bring the power tools because you know, davidwhite.com. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> not to be exactly the davidwhite.com. Anyways, David, this has been an, uh, a pleasure. Thanks so much for, for staying up a little bit later down in Auslands and uh, for joining us on the, on the show. Uh, for everyone listening, check out the business of health show on, on iTunes, uh, subscribe. It's a great podcast and hope you've enjoyed this one. Let us know what you think. We'll have all the links over in the show notes as well on the blog. And thanks so much for joining us. Wasn't that an amazing story? That whole Dorothy Wizard of Oz. Uh, there's so it's so cool how he's kind of overlaid, if that's even a word, that story with marketing. Because marketing really is that type of journey. It really is the hero's journey, which is the fabric of pretty much every movie where crap happens. 
person who is just a general person has to rise up and become this reluctant hero to go figure out a solution and then bring it back and help others or themselves. And that's kind of most movies, right? And if we think about marketing, marketing is essentially that process, but your clients, your customers are the hero. We're simply the guide. We're the pilots to show them the way. So it's never about us. It's never about us. And this is the problem that I see in today's day and world is everyone, not, I shouldn't say everyone, but especially when we look at things like Instagram and social media, but mostly Instagram, it is so narcissistic. And it sickens me to see people called influencers who are doing nothing more than taking pictures of their ass with millions of followers, because obviously our primal instinct is to be like, show me more of that. And then these individuals are monetizing their butt through sponsorships with you know little to nothing else. There's no value added. There's no contribution. And where am I going with this? Where am I going with this? Um, that is a good question. It was more of like a little tangent of a rant than providing something of value here, but I'm sure you get what I'm saying. It's never about us, okay? Even if you're sharing stuff about yourself on Instagram or on social, it's important to share our story because our, our story shows that we're empathetic with what our audience is going through. And your audience, your, your perfect client, should be able to see themselves through your story. And so they can kind of get into your shoes because you've got into their shoes. And there's this really cool kind of merging that happens to the point where they're like, wow, this person knows exactly what I'm going through. And when that happens, they're much more receptive to what it is you want them to do, which obviously is gonna be of benefit for them. So if you've enjoyed this episode as much as I have, be sure to subscribe to the Health Printer Podcast on iTunes. And while you're there, leave a five-star rating or review if you feel this through the five stars. I hope you do. And in the meantime, got lots of good stuff, lots of great interviews, lots of great solo rounds and discussions around really building a bulletproof mindset over the coming weeks. So be sure to tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Lots of good stuff to help you take your business to the next level. And in the meantime, thank you so much for joining me once again. Have an amazing day. Continue to go out there. Be great. Do great. And I'll see you soon.